I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. So you want to run for office. We are getting very close, folks, to your being able to do so. In fact, this is the last step before you actually make your announcement. What step is that? Well, that step is we're going to form what's known as an exploratory committee. And so you have to give a name for your exploratory committee. And usually you go with um, Franks for Congress, maybe your name, or you come up with anything, really. But you have to legally have a formation of an organization so that it can legally be be established because people are going to make contributions to your campaign via this vehicle and everything has to be on the up and up and it has to pass all uh, government audits so it's a formal type of procedure but it's an exploratory committee so it, it's funny gary when you get involved at this level you really are looking at step two when you're making your step one. That may sound a little convoluted, but when you're making your step one, it's because you really are ready to make step two. So just like we talked about all those various things that you were supposed to be doing and preparing yourself, that was in preparation for step one. You've done all of that. You've done your research. You know what position you're going to run for. Obviously, you've made your decision on which party to be a part of. You've done all of that work. You've done your opposition research on the incumbent. So when you form that exploratory committee, it tells people that you're thinking about running, while in reality, you are running. But when you're out there meeting people, you're saying that you're thinking about running. You have, you're exploring the, the prospects of your run. Hillary Clinton did this when she ran for the Senate. She had an exploratory committee and she had a listening tour, which she went around to various parts of the state of New York and so-called listened to folks. Well, you don't have to do that. You can have some other type of way of, of garnering attention. But essentially, your exploratory committee allows you to start to raise money into a bank account because now you have that legal entity. Now, you have a certain cap. Back in the day, it was $25,000. I'm sure it's much, much higher now. And once you hit that cap, whether you announce yourself as a candidate or not, you are a candidate. So they only allow for a certain amount of money to be raised under the umbrella of an exploratory committee. What is the money used for? Well, the money is used for basic administrative things. Technically speaking, they'll say you can use it for polling. You can use it for the establishment of a little office. You can use it for contact material, which we'll talk about what kind of contact material. You're not really going to have enough money to use it for staffing at this point. But, you know, you can use it for minimal staffing, paying certain people uh, money. But you try to stay away from that at this exploratory committee side. A lot of it will be spent on really meeting 
folks that will be working for you, whether you're interviewing the, the top five people that we're going to talk about in a second, or whether you're meeting with potential consultants, and we're going to talk about the kinds of consultants that you need to be interviewing at this point. But I use most of my funds at this point to actually try to get the nomination, because that is the most important aspect of the process, especially at this point. If, you don't, if you're not the nominee, you're just wasting your time. So you, you need to be able to get around the congressional district and meet a lot of folks. And that is going to obviously be wear and tear on your car. You're going to sometimes take individuals out to dinner or lunch or breakfast. And so all of those expenses can go under the exploratory umbrella. So, Dad, what is contact material? Contact material, Gary, is when you have something, usually has your name on it, that you give somebody so they can take it back. And when they take it back home, guess what? Other people see it as well. Or if they're wearing it, other people can see it as they're walking down the street. For example, a key one for my campaigns, we had hats. So the hat said, Gary Franks for Congress. So if a person is shopping at Walmart or in the mall and they're walking around, they have the hat on, everyone's, oh, what's that? Oh, it's good. So it's a, it's a traveling advertisement for you. We also, what I also use, and all politicians use these things, Gary, I may visit a high school or a grade school or a middle school and I would carry pens or pencils and guess what they would say? Gary Franks for Congress and give them to all the students, give them to the teachers. Those little magnets that people would use to stick something on their refrigerator. I would give magnets out. Why? They would put the magnets on their refrigerator. And then all of a sudden, their cousin would come by and go in the refrigerator and get milk. And they'll see, what's this? Gary Banks for Congress. And they'll get their milk. And once again, you've made contact with a voter who would know the name and the position you're running for. Because at this stage, when you're in the exploratory committee stage, you're getting ready for your poll. Because pretty soon, you're going to be asked, so what makes you think you're going to win this election? So you need to be able to at least build up your name ID so that John Houlihan does not beat you in a fictitious poll ID. Remember we talked about that? You always put a fictitious name in there. And you ask people, do you recognize the name of Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and Henry Houlihan, and then Gary Franks? If Henry Houlihan beats you, you have a very serious problem. So you don't want that to happen. It's very embarrassing, too. So you try to get your name out there in this manner so that at least if they don't even know much about you, at least when they hear the name, oh, yeah, 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 I've heard that name. I've seen that. You want to be able to do that. Now, it's a little more expensive, but another form of contact material would be bumper stickers. Bumper stickers on people's cars, you see it all the time. It's fantastic. You're going to drive. You're going somewhere. And so when you're driving around, it's a billboard. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It's an advertisement. People say, oh, that guy has got a Gary Franks for a Congress sticker. Who's Gary Franks? And then you, they may start to think about it and try to do a little research on who this, who is this guy. So bumper stickers are fantastic. And you just give them out. You say to the teachers after you go to the middle school, hey, why don't you put this on your car? You know, here's a bumper sticker. Here's, here's a magnet. Here's a pencil. And when the kids get back home and they have all these magnets, who are they going to give it to? Their mom. Hey, mom, I got this at school today. Oh, yeah, that's nice. I'll use this in the refrigerator. And, and it just absolutely drums up just your name ID. They don't know if you're 
a great guy, a bad guy, or whatnot. You're for more taxes, less tax. I don't know any of that. But at this stage, you don't want that. You just want to have people at least have you beat John Houlihan and the fictitious poll. Then you have yard signs. Yard signs are phenomenal. Now, not so much in the exploratory stage, but if you can get them up on an exploratory stage, it's fantastic. And if you can almost have two or three or four on a street, when people are driving down the street, they're going to say, my God, look at all the support Gary Franks has. This is a yard sign with Gary Franks over here. Yard sign with Gary Franks over here. And all of a sudden, they think you're winning. <laughs> and there's the election can be six or seven months away. But it looks as though you are so visible that you must be special. So yard signs are absolutely fantastic. And we'll talk about that a little later on because as you get closer to election day, it's more important than ever to be able to have all these contact materials going full steam ahead. All volunteers, all people who are on the town committee or whatever, you wanna make sure they all have these signs, all have these pencils, all have these pens, all have these lapel buttons. Very important. Billboards, a lot more expensive. Some states don't even allow them. In my race for state controller, I use billboards extensively. Now, keep in mind, I was like 31, 32 years old when I ran statewide, the youngest person to ever do that in Connecticut's history. And I got more votes than any Republican. I would attribute that partially to billboards that I use, but I also did direct mail, which we'll talk about a little later, which are direct advertisements into people's mailboxes. You can't afford to do that as an exploratory candidate. And once you get to that stage, in which you're mailing information to people, you actually have to have information to be mailing them. So all of the contact material that I've talked about per an exploratory committee, really, once again, it's not dealing with any heavy duty issues. It's just to get people to know who you are and what you're running for. So that's what contact material would mean at the exploratory stage, Gary. So once again, as you're taking step one, you're thinking about step two. And step two is the actual formal announcement of your campaign. So you're working, everything you're doing in step one is preparing you for that moment when you're gonna be on that stage telling people formally that you are a candidate for Congress. Okay, so keep that in mind. We're not there yet. We have to work our way through step one. Now. One of the more important aspects of step one, we talked about this in the prior episode, is staffing. And at this point, you are getting ready to hire five people. And those five people we've talked about, I'm gonna just touch upon them in a little more detail today. You need a finance director. That's the one person, not in any particular order. You need a finance director because that person will help you raise money and we'll talk about that position in a little more detail in a few minutes. You need a field director. A field director would help you navigate the district, what towns to go to, who you're going to meet, et cetera, things of that nature. They would coordinate all the volunteers you're going to have. You need a press secretary. As you get ready to make your announcement, you want to make sure you get the best coverage you can so that people actually know you're, you've announced as a candidate. Four you need an office manager. Now this office manager is gonna dub as a scheduler as well. That person will try to keep you 
on time and on schedule and make your appointments for you. But the person at the embryo stage of your candidacy will also be responsible for making sure that all the bills are paid, the lights are kept on, and the TV cables is paid. All the essential things are actually paid for and documented properly so you don't have any administrative problems. And then last but not least, you have the campaign manager. Campaign manager is going to, at this stage is going to double as your personal assistant as well. When I say personal assistant, he or she would be the person traveling with you wherever you're going most of the time. And depending on the situation, if you're traveling to an area for the purpose of raising money, then you go with your finance director and your campaign manager. If you're doing it to get greater visibility or to do a press situation, obviously your press secretary go with you as well as the campaign manager. Or if you're going to just get volunteers and get more enthusiasm for your nomination, you go with the field director and on the campaign manager. So those are usually the three people, the two people that are traveling with you as you're navigating this exploratory committee stage. Now, you're going to need other people sooner than later. You're going to need a person that you may call a campaign, a deputy campaign manager. He or she is going to be looking at doing a lot of research on your opponent or opponents. That being, once again, you're still trying to get the nomination over other people in your party. And also, when the campaign manager cannot travel with you, that deputy campaign manager would perform that role for you. Last but not least, I know that, that those are people who will be on your paid staff. In other words, they would get, uh, uh, what do you call it, W-2s or whatever. On your unpaid staff, but very much a part of your campaign, you're going to be interviewing, not selecting at this point potentially, but interviewing your consultants. And you will need three. One would be your poster. That person is very critical because when you get ready for your announcement, even before your announcement, people are going to want to know your numbers, as we've talked about in the prior episode. It's your benchmark poll. Once again, you're, it's going to get only better, ideally, after that first poll is done. But you need to get that person locked in. Two reasons. One, if you don't get them locked in early, someone else is going to get them because there aren't a whole lot of pollsters out there who do your party's work. In other words, there are a group of Republican posters, a group of Democrat posters. Obviously, you don't want to mix the two. And secondly, uh, there aren't a lot of them out there. So you want to get the best ones. Earlier you, you get into this exploratory stage, the more likelihood of your being able to get the best one. And you have to have some chemistry with these people who are your consultants. They're, they're hired guns. They're in, they're out. They're handling a number of campaigns. Your campaign is not the only campaign they're dealing with. And you have to respect that. The next person would be your, your media consultant. Your media consultant is going to be vital to you because you're going to ideally, especially in a congressional race, be running TV ads as well as radio advertisements. Today, that would be extended to the Internet. You'll be adding or making your presence on the Internet as well with commercials or with messages. So that, that area is, is extremely, extremely vital because that is where you get that massive voter contact. And last but not least, you're going to have a general consultant. Your general consultant is really your de facto campaign manager. That person really will be looking at your entire operation. 
evaluating how well your finance director is doing, your field director is doing, your press secretary is doing, your office manager is doing, your campaign manager is doing. He is technically your top person, even though he's there part of the time. I was fortunate, Gary, because George H.W. Bush took a personal interest in my race and I had his entire team. And so I had, his, I had the A team. And the same guys who, who ran Romney's campaign ran my campaign. The same guys who ran Bush, Bush W campaign were the same people who ran my campaign, the same consultants. So I had the A team and they were outstanding. And they won an award for one of their uh, commercials that they ran during my campaign. What made them so special? What made them, you know, what made them stand out from the other? Good question, Gary. Well, the pollster stood out because he actually had pulled the state for various other races as well. And once again, because they were George H.W. Bush's pollsters, George H.W. Bush actually polled Connecticut for himself in 88 and also in 92. And so they kind of had the history of the state better. And they also knew, remember I talked about how I, I broke the district into five different segments. I had the Gold Coast, the Silver Coast, Blue Collar, Waterbury and the Waterbury suburbs. That wasn't totally my idea. It was their idea because they knew that each segment of Connecticut was dramatically different and, and they knew how to break it up. They knew which towns should be called the Gold Coast towns. They knew which towns should be called blue collar towns, et cetera. Obviously we knew Waterbury is Waterbury, but, and they knew the suburbs is everything that touched Waterbury, but they had a good understanding from a historical perspective of what was taking place. So that's why they were good. In the case of the media consultant, they were very good at conveying Bush's message. And also, they were just very smart guys. We ran some great commercials. They, they understood what my strength was. And I never forget when they started shooting commercials. And the first time they did it, they said, I want, to, I want you to put on this shirt. And it was a shirt that I would normally never wear. But I, I see this shirt right now, and it was, it was a, like a dark, a dark green shirt that had, that was kind of checkered. It was, it was green on green or green and black, and I, I put it on. It was a button-down shirt. I said, "You don't want me in a suit?" No, 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 no. Just, just we want you just and just talk. And literally, he just asked questions, and I just talked extemporaneously, and it was a tremendous hit. Because even when I saw it, when I was in restaurants campaigning and the commercial would come on, I would go, wow, this is really good. It would make you just stop and say, oh, I got to listen to this. And they knew that. And so it was just their experience on being able to, to recognize what would get people's attention and, and what message was important. And, and they took a lot of that from working with their poster because they knew what, what was strong and what, what issues were strong in the district, what issues were were Republican issues that had to be played up or the fault of my opponent, et cetera. So it's basically the, his, the history side of it, the fact that they've seen the movie before in the state of Connecticut, that made them very valuable. And also their track record. They were involved in races and guess what? They won and they're still winning. They had Chris Christie as a client. Guess what? He won twice. They had the governor of Maryland, Hogan, they won both times. And so they're outstanding. And, and I believe they also had John Kasich as well. So their track record, have they won? Because you do not want 
consultants who have a bad batting average because you know they have a habit of losing. Why do you want to employ them? So you want to get people who've won a lot and understand the electorate in your area. They also, in my instance, my pollsters, um, one of them actually did work for my predecessor. My pollster was a, was a pollster for my predecessor as well. So he really knew the, the district because he had done polling there for six years. Following three terms on the city council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks' consulting firm has helped scores of companies, large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University, will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email gary at garyfranks.org now. Promotion standpoint of getting people's names out there, has anything changed? The biggest change, Gary, would be the fact that now you can do so many things electronically. You don't physically have to be there anymore. For example, fundraising. Back in my day, you, you had events and you, you had to rent a hall, you got to get tables, you got you to get order some rubber chicken, you got to get some green beans. You don't do that anymore. If you want to raise money, you simply go online, get a website, and have people make their contribution from their cards, their debit card or credit card, and you raise a lot of money. You don't have to, as as it has been proven because of COVID-19, have a physical contact type fundraiser. You could do it via Zoom. And you can have a special guest participate via Zoom and speak to 100, 200, or whatever number of people, or more, 300,000 or whatever, and actually have the same type of fundraiser just by using technology. And people, while you're speaking, can be, can be making their contribution to you guess what your overhead would be? Zero. Well, back in my day, I had to take some of my fundraising money and spend it at the restaurant or at the hall because I had to have rubber chicken for people to eat. I had to have the hall. I had to pay for that. I had to have the drapes, the curtains, the this, the that. And so it was expensive. So if I raised $100, I may have had to spend 35 just to put on the event. Not to mention the envelopes that had to go out to people with cards in it saying, please come to the event and return the envelopes. You know, it just was very, very expensive. Now you can raise money across the country, not just people from Connecticut, if you're from Connecticut, but your presence would be on the internet where anybody can make a contribution based on the fact that they want to see you win. So it's changed dramatically. As I've said in the past, there's no way that Barack Obama would have been elected president had he not been able to raise the money to be competitive and obviously victorious. He ran against people who individually were extremely wealthy. John McCain was worth hundreds of millions of dollars and Romney probably twice that amount. He ran against a machine known as the Clinton machine that could raise tons of money. But because of the internet and because of the use of people's cards and debit cards and making 
contributions via that means, they were able to electronically to have 30, 40, 50, 100 dollars taken out every month to help Barack Obama in this campaign for president. And no cost, no overhead. So it's just changed things dramatically, the tech technology. And it's it's been a uh, been a good thing. When Barack Obama state senator, Barack Obama ran for Congress, he couldn't raise a nickel when he ran against a former congressman. Because back then, that was back probably in the ni- late 90s, where was the money coming from? It was an old-fashioned way of raising money, and he could not raise that much that way. And let's not forget, folks, because I did not forget, we will be talking about the conventions. In other words, we're going to wait for the Republican convention to end and then talk about both conventions versus talking about one now and then one later. So we're going to do that next week, ideally. And I do have my opinions about what happened on the Democrat side, but I, in all fairness, let's wait to see what the Republicans do this week, and then we'll combine the two. Don't forget to subscribe.